0: Scripture reading this morning comes from Exodus chapter 24, verses 12 through 18, and Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 9. The Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain, and wait there, and I will give you the tablets of stone, with the law and the commandments, which I have written for their instruction. So Moses set out with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up to the mountain of God. To the elders he had said, Wait here for us until we come to you again, for Aaron and Hur are with you. Whoever has a dispute may go to them. Then Moses went up on the mountain, and the cloud covered the mountain. The glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it for six days. On the seventh day he called to Moses out of the cloud. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain, in the sight of the people of Israel. Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain. Moses was on the mountain for forty days and forty nights. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there he appeared to them, Moses and Elijah talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make thee dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them. And from the cloud a voice said, this is my son, the beloved, with him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and they were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them saying, get up and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone.
1: We all know that today is a special Sunday in the church, the calendar of the church. It's the Sunday we call Transfiguration Sunday. It is a Sunday that leads us to Ash Wednesday, and Ash Wednesday begins the season of Lent, a very important season in the church's calendar. I believe that almost all of us have gone into a movie theater to watch a movie. I hope that is true that almost all of us have gone into a movie theater to watch a movie. You go in, you find a seat that is suitable for you, taking pains not to step on any toes or even lose your balance. You sit down, and you get ready to watch the movie. The lights are dimmed, and an image appears on the screen. But it is not the movie you came to see. It is a preview of coming attraction. Don't they do that all the time? It is a preview of coming attraction. A brief glimpse of the highlight of a film opening soon. The movie makers and the theater owners Hope the preview will interest you enough to make you want to come back and see the movie. That's the purpose of the preview. Make you want to come back. Make you want to know exactly what was going on. As that story is told about a movie coming. Well, my friends, on that mountain, the Mount of Transfiguration, that was exactly what happened to Jesus. The Transfiguration of Jesus Christ was a preview of coming events, because something else going to take place. It was after a week after Jesus plainly told his disciples that he would suffer, he would be killed, and be raised to life after his death on the cross. It was after that that Jesus took three of his disciples, Peter and James and John, up On a mountain to pray that's all Jesus went up for to pray because Jesus understood how vital prayer is remember it was six days after he said to the disciples he's going to suffer he will be killed but three days after that death he will come back to life so Jesus need to pray Jesus needed to commit himself to his heavenly father. And it was while he was praying that his personal appearance was changed into a glorified form and his clothing became dazzling white. That's the transfiguration of Jesus. It took place while he was praying. Friends, do you know how many mysteries, how many miracles happen just by us praying? By us connecting with God, the source of all being? We cannot experience the mystery of God without connecting with God. Because God is already there, ready to connect with us. But we have to make ourselves available for the most part. Jesus made himself available through prayer. Jesus was with God, talking to God. And it was while all this was going on, the disciples saw the sovereignty, Jesus, not only as a human being, but as someone divine and his clothes changed became white then in the midst of all that Moses and Elijah appeared on the mount of transfiguration and they talked with Jesus and what do they what do you believe they talked with Jesus about They were not inviting Jesus to a cookout. No. They were not inviting Jesus to a parade. They talked to Jesus about his death. I mean, can you imagine that? This is Moses and Elijah. This is about the first time we read in Scripture that they were in the presence of Jesus. And all they talked about was his death, the coming death of Jesus Christ. We know Moses, known for the law, because the law was given through Moses. We know Elijah, the most precious prophet of Israel. So on the Mount of Transfiguration where Jesus, who came to fulfill both the law and the prophet, and the prophet and the law, Moses and Elijah, all together. And they were saying to Jesus, yeah, 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 you told your disciples six days ago that you're going to die. It's true. It's true. How many of us will receive such a message about our death? But that's what Moses and Elijah went up to talk to Jesus about. And then Peter, one of the three disciples that Jesus took up, not knowing what he was saying and being very fearful, and that is life. You see Moses and Elijah. Elijah was supposed to have been gone up. Moses was dead. We did not know his grave or where he was buried. And then Peter sees both of them talking to Jesus Peter may not have understood what they were saying to Jesus, but Peter realized they were talking with Jesus. And Peter was afraid. Peter was afraid. And Peter realized up on the mountain, everything was going fine. I mean, it was me, James and John. It was Jesus. It was it was Moses, it was Elijah, the law and the prophet, and the, the future of the world, Jesus himself. Peter was afraid. He was afraid, my friends. He offered up to build three shelters for them. Say, look, 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 I know you guys are, are very poor. You don't have anything, but I'm going to build for you. You know, enticing them because Peter wanted them to stay up. On the mountain, and who would not want to stay up on the mountain? You know, come down to the things that were going on. Peter, my friends, was expressing a wish to stay up the mountain, and at that moment a cloud enveloped them, and a voice, a voice was heard saying, this is my son the beloved. Listen to him. Listen to him. In other words, Peter, stop talking. Listen to Jesus. The cloud lifted up. Jesus was left alone with his disciples, who were still very much afraid. And then Jesus warned them, not to tell anyone what they had seen until after his resurrection. That's the story of the transfiguration of Jesus Christ. My friends, events such as the transfiguration somehow connect us with the mystery of creation and Eternity. They both come together. For Jesus, it was a time of confirmation and affirmation of his ministry. This is my beloved son. I'm well pleased with him. Listen to him. For Peter, James, and John, it was a brief glimpse of the transcendent, a peak at the reality of that lies just beyond everyday life. For them, it was, it was something to behold, the mystery of Jesus' ministry. But notice that Jesus quickly led the disciples back down off, off that mountaintop, in spite of Peter's desire to pitch a tent and camp there for a long period of time. Jesus let them down. I mean, Jesus, what are you doing? Who would not want to stay up on the mountain? But Jesus knew what he came to do on earth. His mission was still unfulfilled. So Jesus let them down. Because down, my friends, in the valley, it's a broken world. The world in which we live in is a broken world. Jesus knew that. So Jesus let them down, my friends, to the real world. And this is God at work in a broken, dirty, ugly world. This is God walking from Dayton, Ohio, from Columbus, Ohio, to even Freetown in Sierra Leone. This is God going through the hospitals, the overcrowded jails, the banquet halls of the wealthy, and the disease ridden streets of the starving people of the world. Jesus understood that. Jesus says, let's go downtown Dayton and see what goes on. Is that not why we, we do our second helping? Every Sunday in the offering plate, so that we can go down dating and see what's going on. Is that not what Rachel talked about this morning? Heaven Hope, that mission of the church, so that we can bring in those who are struggling and give them hope. And for those of us who don't know, Heaven Hope as Rachel said, has transitioned 20 ladies. Where would they be today without you? Have you ever asked that question? Where would they be without you? The one person in the house now still comes to church here. In fact, she was here last Sunday. Where would she be with our kids, without you? If we only want to stay on the mountaintop, which for us would be the four walls of Church of the Cross, United Methodists, you understand me? Where would these people be without you? Have you ever asked that question? And that's why we come to church. We come to church not to stay on the mountaintop, you understand? We come to church so that we can go out on the streets, the highways and the byways, and rescue those who are perishing. That's what a hymn says. Ask yourself the question, where would they be without us? The kids in Guatemala that, that we are supporting, the people in the Republic of the Congo that we are supporting through mission, where would they be without us? Because every dollar you give Is used to bring somebody to the Lord Jesus Christ. Where would they be without you? We live in a broken world, my friends, dirty and ugly world. And God is saying to us, my friends, listen to Jesus. This is the real world, this is reality. Is reality just a concept for you? Is reality just a concept? That is what comedian Robin Williams once suggested, that reality is just a concept. My friends, is the mountaintop itself the ultimate reality with its air of celebration and glimpses of glory, or is reality the mercy, disorganization of everyday life. We go through it. Reality. The messy disorganization of everyday life. Is it the promise and hope of salvation where every tear is wiped away? Or is it the fears and weeping we encounter every single day? What is reality in the church is it our prayers and hymns of worship our confession of faith and our hope of heaven or is it our act of kindness our words of encouragement or other concrete expression of our faith on ordinary days like today is that your reality Because we live in a broken world. And the world around us, including our family and our friends, our household and our neighborhood, they need reality, my friends. Words of encouragement, they need it, kindness. I remember reading somewhere that reality is where Jesus and human beings come into contact. Reality is where Jesus Christ and human beings come into contact. I like that. I wish I could remember who wrote it so I could give them proper credit. But what what does that mean? Reality It's where Jesus and human beings, it's where Jesus, and you put your name, meets where you come into contact with Jesus. You know what I think? I think it means when we turn to Jesus, allowing Jesus to be the ideal example, and the guide, we begin to see life more clearly. That's reality for me. When you come into Jesus, in contact with Jesus, you begin to see life more clearly. Remember, when Jesus and Saul met on the road to Damascus, Remember that story, Acts of the Apostles, chapter 9? Jesus and Saul met. Saul, who became Paul, started to see life more clearly. Remember when Jesus and the Samaritan woman met at the well? The Samaritan woman started to see life more clearly. Remember, my friends, when Jesus and John Wesley met at the Aldergate prayer meeting. John Wesley started to see, see life and the world more clearly. It's like the, the song says, I can see clearly now. The rain is whatever. You understand me? Yeah, the rain is gone. Okay, that's reality for us. Remember when you met Jesus and your faith journey started? I remember when I met Jesus and my faith journey started. I started to see things clearly, much more clearly, much more clearly. And that has guided me to this day. It has guided me to this day. No matter what the circumstances of life. Now please remember, Church of the Cross United Methodists, meeting Jesus once again. Once again we are meeting Jesus. You know, 175 years ago, the original people met Jesus and things changed for them. They started the journey the journey that we are part of now. And once again, Church of the Cross is meeting Jesus, the reality of our life, the reality of the congregation. Once again, we are meeting Jesus on the invitation of the bishop and the West Ohio cabinet to be a part of what they called the MCCI Resource Initiative. We've heard about the MCCI. We know about it. And one of the reasons why I want to talk about MCCI this morning is for you to know what we are doing. And it's for you to know that I am tired. I am tired of people who are negative to the MCCI initiative. Because every now and again, I hear in a meeting that somebody in the congregation is talking it down. Me, as your pastor, I am just tired. I know I don't have a long time to still be in active ministry, but I'm just tired of the negativity. When we meet Jesus, things change. And right now, Church of the Cross, you are meeting Jesus again. You're meeting Jesus again. Not too long ago, in one of our implementation meetings, we were talking about building a case for change. And when you develop a case for change, they want us to weed through the language of possibility, that everything is possible in the name of Jesus. Say amen if you believe that. And we don't go with a negative vibe. We go with, I wonder what God might do if we embrace the initiative called MCCI. I wonder what God might do for this church. I wonder what God might do if we and us come together to make the church what God wants it to be. I wonder what God would do when we realize God's invitation to where we are headed as a church. I wonder what God would do if we keep telling our stories, because there are so many stories for the church to tell, so many stories. Every time we lay to rest a member of the church, I hear stories. Yesterday we laid to rest Maryland Pease. You hear good stories of when they were coming to this church. In fact, when the son entered the, the building yesterday, he looked at the building and he said, Oh my God, I remember this building so clearly as if it was yesterday. He's not been here for a long time. He lives in South Carolina. But the story is still there. Maryland sang in the choir. Was part of us. We have a story to tell. How God became your best friend. What, in other words, that's your personal story. We all have that story. What, in other words, what is God doing in your life? Because God is not sitting idle by. Trust me. God is doing something in our lives every day. And let us stop complaining about what we don't have in this world because complaints about what we don't have does not create urgency in other words let us stop being negative give god a chance that's all i'm saying to us this morning give god a chance god is not a fool okay For God to look at over 1,000 congregation in the West Ohio Conference and they chose Church of the Cross, United Methodist. God is not a fool. God has a reason for that. Don't be afraid. Don't be too negative. Find stories about the past, courageous leaders of the past. That's why the church continues. Always name something That would never change about our church family, our loving and caring nature, our friendship and our fellowship, our passion and our partnership. They are all over us. We we, we need to hold on to God's vision as a church. My mama mama used to say, if you can't, if you can't. uh, Put bread in somebody's mouth, don't take away the crackers they're eating. You understand? If you cannot be positive and uplifting and affirming, don't say anything. In fact, don't say anything but pray. But pray for the fools who are following God's vision. Who are following God's vision. Because normally it's the fools who follow God's vision, and then we make the wise look like fools later. Okay? Please, let us stop being negative. Gus Christopher Baker, your pastor, is tired of the negativity. I go to Columbus every month for training. I don't want to. Those who know me at the beginning know I didn't want to. But I said, if the church accepted, I will be involved. And I am involved. But it's discouraging. It's discouraging. And let me tell you, we are the implementation team, and I said to them, we want to reach the neighborhood. Because that's what we say every time. You understand me? When Pastor John was here, I'm sure they said it. We want to, we want to, we want to go to the neighborhood. You understand me? And when, when it is time for us to come together to go to the neighborhood, to know the people around us, we don't do it. So now, God is challenging us through the MCCI initiative to say, I'm finding some people to help. Okay? And we were talking about the neighborhood. And I said to them, you know, when I was in Wert, one of my staff members came to me one day and said, I have a vision. And the vision from God is that we get involved with the school kids of our community. They call it Operation Back to School, okay? And what it is to get a backpack for, the ki- for each kid who cannot afford it with some school supplies. And she said to me, let us just do it for 100 children in our school district, and the pastor has to give is okay for some of these things to go through. So I said, yeah, let's try it and see. And the the first time we did it, we got 300 children. We were not able to meet the needs, because we planned for 100. So we gave 100, we took the names of the 200, we bought all the supplies. The parents came and collect them over the weeks. You understand? And so when, when I challenge our congregation, I would like us to go into the neighborhood schools. We've had four, four groups of people from our team has gone to four buildings and talked to four principals. You understand? So we know what the needs are now. It is for us to implement that. Okay? So I said to Van Watt, I said, could you send me, Emma, do you have those pictures? I said, could you send me pictures of, uh, you see, First Church in Van Watt? Remember, it was an idea of one member of staff, not so? Shared to the pastor, so it's two of us. And this is the fifth year. So in five years, it has extended to the community. You see what they're doing? You see the mission? Of the, of the church in Vanward, this, this is what going into the neighborhood is all about. It is not just talking, and now you see those people who are helping, a lot of them, get, give me the next, the next one, a lot of those people are not even members of the church. You understand me? They are just part of the community because the church has reached out to the community to meet the needs of the community. And you see, when I was there, they were not wearing T-shirts to separate themselves. Now, you see how it has grown? And guess how much money the church is spending on this ministry. Just guess how much money the church is spending on this ministry. Give me two figures. 10000 what? 10,000? Zero. The church is spending zero. Zero. With all the supplies, the letter I got for this year, their fifth year, they are planning to serve 600 kids. And the church is spending zero because we went into the community to all the businesses. You understand me? And they see what the church is doing and God is just blessing. God is just blessing. I'll give you one more because somebody sent me an email yesterday, you know, an eye-opening email. Um, A church in the Dayton area said, you know, we need to help our school children. This is recently, our school children. Okay, what should we do? Um, we, want to, we want to pay for all the kids who have bills in the school, lunch, you know, lunch bills, you know? And the church informed the congregation You know how much they (laughs) collected? Within a few weeks, you know how much they collected? I think within a week, you know how much they collected? $40,000. $40,000. And they have been wiping out school lunch debt in some of the school districts. It will not happen. If we are negative when God gives us a vision. But it will happen if we follow God's vision. We've seen it happen. Heaven Hope, 20 have gone through. Family of the last person coming together. Guess what? Because of Church of the Christ of the Cross. And this is my challenge for us. Don't, don't, don't cry down God's vision. Support it. And challenge God and see what God can do. Those people in that church in Dayton just said, we want to wipe out debts for these kids. 40,000 came in. And now they're going to set up a fund just for that. I I'm not doubting my God. Last week we talked about trusting God. And I will end with those words. We need to trust God more. Every day. In the name of the Father. And of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The trusting people of God say. Amen.